Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applications applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way? The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Matt bagging the show today. So Chad's here. Chad, how are you? Speechless. <laughs> Great to have everybody with us today. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. You also go to sunburymotors.com. Uh, because uh, you can go there and check out the great lines of Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, pre-owned inventory. You can actually get the process started from the comfort of your own home, all at sunburymotors.com. I'm here, Steve. Hello, Chad. How are you today? So this reminds me of my very first time I was ever on the radio. I was a senior in high school. I started working part-time at a radio station in Lewistown, and my very first time I was on the air... I talked, I did a great break, I turned the mic on, but I forgot to pot it up. That's what I did here. I turned the mic on, I forgot to pot it up. <laughs> See, Basic nothing's radios. changed. <laughs> so, I mean, someone would think experience would make a difference. You would think. <laughs> great to have you here. Good to be here. All right, so we've got a lot going on today, including Serena Winters from... Um, the Sixers Network. We're also going to hear from Keaton Ellis today. And we're going to hear from Justin Martinez from the Las Cruces um, Daily News on Nick Gonzalez. He was the Pirates' first-round pick. Now, Nick Abel ended up being the first-round pick of the Phillies. So I want to get into the picks from last night and the Pirates versus the Phillies on this. Because Abel may end up being a great pick. Right? He may, you know, because you don't know. It's such a roll of the dice. But I think the Pirates took the smarter approach last night. 
And here is why. The reason they took the smarter approach happened to be the circumstances. A, it's a five-round draft. B, everything's been shut down now for months. And that also meant, for the most part, in fact, almost everywhere, no high school seasons took place. Thus, you are making your pick of a high school player dependent upon what they did as a junior in high school. That, to me, becomes a tremendous roll of the dice. Now, I I had looked into Abel before anyway. They did not pick a guy I was unfamiliar with. Because in several mock drafts I saw, everyone knows that my team growing up always was the Red Sox. Well, in the mock drafts I was looking at, this kid out of Oregon, Abel, was the guy that the, the Red Sox were projected to take. So I said, all right, well, let's take a look and just see, just in case they do pick him who he is. Well, it turned out the Phillies at 15 picked him. But I'd already done some research on him. Plus fastball, that's really big. And if you have one plus pitch, that really helps. But if you have two plus pitches, all right, now you may get something here. He has a plus fastball, and he's considered to have a plus slider. You know, plus fastball, plus slider. But again, you are making these picks when you're talking about high school players in 2020 based on them being juniors in 2019. The Pirates made two picks last night, both college players, both in what they had done in the Cape Cod League. Nick Gonzalez had been a walk-on and at New Mexico State. Now he's ripping it up in the Western Athletic Conference. But as we know, you can get inflated stats in the Mountain West and in the Western Athletic Conference because of elevation. That's why I always take the Pacific Coast League stats with a grain of salt because you'll see some Pacific Coast League stats where, wow, but you know, you've got games being played in Salt Lake City and other places along the way that are 4,000, 5,000 feet and up and down the range. Well, Gonzalez, as you know, I spend time usually, um, you know, July, whatever. I'm not going to this year. You're stuck with me all summer. Uh, But I'll spend a week, 10 days in Cape Cod. Well, along the way, I will check out the Cape Cod League. Well, last summer... The talk of the Cape Cod League was this kid, Nick Gonzalez, out of New Mexico State. Oh, really? Played for Katuit. And ended up, by the way, the Katuit ended up winning the Cape Cod League championship. And Gonzalez ended up being the MVP of the league. He had like 361 last summer. Hit with some power. And I thought, wow, okay. 
Now, Gonzalez, I believe, in the three and a half weeks of this season was leading the nation at home runs. But again, you're talking about the whack. You're talking about elevation. Ball travels further. Colleges don't use humidors like the Colorado Rockies. But what he did in the Cape Cod League against comparable competition and how he excelled was impressive. Also, the Pirates took a player, and then they did the same thing with their second first-round pick, Carmen Mozinski. And Mozinski, uh, out of South Carolina, actually South Carolina was okay. Same story. Went to the Cape Cod League, played for Falmouth last summer. And I just talked about Abel having a plus fastball and having a, a plus slider. Olmazlinski is a guy that has what you'd call a heavy fastball. Doesn't has you know doesn't usually get. He's not one of those guys going to rack up a dozen, fifteen strikeouts in a game. It's not going to happen. Now Abel could, but again, Abel you're talking about him being a junior in high school last year. That's the last full season you have to evaluate him. At least with Mazlinski, you have him in the SEC. You have him in the Cape Cod League. And by the way, in the Cape Cod League, he had 40 strikeouts and four walks last summer. Now, for the most part, he throws a heavy fastball, decent breaking pitch, and he can be a, and actually is probably best classified as a ground ball pitcher. That's fine. He's the 31st overall pick. But I think in a five-round draft where no one has played for three-plus months, I think college players are the route to go and the safest route to go as opposed to drafting high school players. And I understand what Abel's potential is. I got it. But let's be honest about it. Where have the Phillies had their success in drafting? College players. Adam Hazley, college player. Alec Bone, Wichita State. They think, I mean, if the Phillies, they come back and play this season, he could end up being a DH in this team. He's been out of Wichita State, what, two years? He was the third overall pick. Uh, Bryson Stott, he's going to move up too. UNLV. Mickey Moniak. Repeating, Mickey Moniak. He was the first overall pick in the draft. He is stalled right now. Stalled. Well, everybody's stalled right now. But but in the minor league system, he's stalled. Other guys, college players, upward mobility. Yeah. You have to take into account the situation you're dealing with here. When I looked at the at Gonzalez, and I looked where the Pirates were picking, I thought if a couple teams in front of them make squirrely picks that you don't, you know, as you're looking at the mock drafts, the mock drafts, he doesn't fall to Pittsburgh. And I thought if he can fall to Pittsburgh, that's a great pick for the Pirates. Shortstop, might play second base when he gets to the majors. But when you've got more 
scouting material. You've got Cape Cod League background for he and the pitcher Mudzlinski. I think it makes all the difference in the world that you know what you're getting. And the Phillies didn't do that this time. They went with somebody with great potential, but that great potential is based off what he has done as a junior in high school. I mean, who knows? And who knows how the layoff affects him? He doesn't have enough of a track record to get excited about. Does he have a plus fastball? Yes. Does he have a plus slider? Yes. That's really good, so you can get excited about that. But that's based on him being a junior in high school. And that's why I think in in a five-round draft, circumstances of nobody playing for three-plus months, you go with the guys with some track records, and that would be college players. The Pirates, I think, had a, on paper, had a really good night last night. On paper. The Phillies took, obviously, somebody with great potential, but again, if I'm in the room, I'm arguing with them saying, hey, look, our best picks lately in the first round have been college players. Bone out of Wichita State, Stott out of UNLV, uh, Hazley out of Virginia. Said those have been our best first round picks lately. In this particular year, I think you've got to lean to college. Circumstances dictate if you want to have a good draft, you've got to lean college. You've got to lean somebody that has a better track record, that's faced better competition. They didn't do that. Doesn't mean in the end they won't be right, but I would be more concerned about it because the circumstances that when you're drafting potential like this, when you're drafting a high school player, you're drafting all potential. There's no track record to base it on. And when that track record is cut one year short, that is a problem. I think it it just takes away... You're looking at the evaluation of this. And, again, I know what his potential is. But you know what? I think this year dictates a different approach. And the Phillies' first-round picks with college players have been really good. I wouldn't doubt at one point all three of them are playing for the Phillies. Hazley already is. I think Bone's going to be with them this year. I think Stott's two years away. I think that's where, you know, and those are the three college players in the first round. High school players, right, they took the Crawford kid, took the Crawford kid forever. He ended up going to Seattle. And Moniak was the first overall pick. Like, okay. And believe me, it's not like I haven't... uh, and you saw John, if you watched the draft last night, you saw Jonathan Mayo. Jonathan Mayo's been on this show a couple different times, and I've done games with Jonathan Mayo. So he has been a broadcast partner in in my career, and nobody knows this better than he does. So 
that was the draft last night. We're going to get into the Pirates Picker Gonzalez with uh, Justin Martinez from the Las Cruces Daily News. We're going to have on Serena Winters today from the Sixers TV Network. And we're going to hear from Keaton Ellis today because he's already gone through his, all his testing. He's ready to go on Monday. Sounds like most of the workouts are going to be inside Haluba Hall. And I mean that includes weight training because it gives you better distancing options. So that's uh, that's what we have coming up on the show today. Uh, Matt bagged the show today. In the end, it's it's Chad knows it's all about Matt. Of course. That's going to be backed up on the air with good stuff. All right. Great to have you with us on the show today. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. You can go online to sunburymotors.com. Check out the great line of Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great pre-owned inventory. You can get the process rolling from the comfort of your own living room at sunburymotors.com. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And you go to sunburymotors.com. And you can check out the great lines of Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great pre-owned inventory. You get the process going from the comfort of your own living room. All at Sunbury Motors and sunburymotors.com. Great to have you with us. Golf is back today. Justin Rose, a 7 under par, 60, what, 7 under par, 64 today at Colonial. One-shot lead after round one. Actually, shot 63 today. That's right. Colonial's a per 70. Shot 63 today. So, obviously, he was practicing during the pandemic. <laughs> He's got a, what, one-shot lead? Jonathan Vegas. Um, so, golf is back today. All right, the we mentioned McGable uh, being picked in the first round by the Phillies, fifteenth overall, the seventh overall choice, seventh or eighth. Nick Gonzalez out of New Mexico State, uh, MVP of the Cape Cod League last summer. Justin Martinez is with us from the Las Cruces Sun News. Hope you and yours are safe down there in New Mexico. Uh, great to have you with us on the show today. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? Doing very well. So let's get into Nick Gonzalez uh, out of New Mexico State. He walked on at New Mexico State. Uh, 
what legitimate offers did he actually have and what made New Mexico State the most attractive option for him? Yeah, so he had a couple of other offers around the country, but ultimately he wanted to stay close enough to home so that his family would be able to attend all of his games that they had been doing his whole life. He's from Vail, Arizona, so a good three-and-a-half-hour drive from New Mexico State. And the plan was pretty much just to walk on that first year, um, have his parents help pay for his tuition and all that kind of stuff, and then get a scholarship and obviously worked out and then some for him. Well, this guy, I mean, he walks on, he plays, and he has just a fabulous uh, career at New Mexico State. But what did the Cape Cod League and what he did at Katuit last year mean to him? Right. Well, the biggest critique on his game was certainly that he was playing in the WAC Conference, which isn't as competitive as Power 5 uh, play. So the Cape Cod League, I think, was really big. Just to add some credibility to his game, people wanted to see him swing with a wooden bat play against better competition and he showed out he ended up batting 361 eight rbi seven runs a home run and ultimately earned the mvp award so i think that really uh upped his his credibility like i said and also just put him on the national spotlight he comes up as a shortstop do you envision him being a shortstop at the major league level is that his spot or could he end up shifting someplace else well i think that he's comfortable at both the shortstop and the second base position. He's played both yeah. during his time in New Mexico State. And um, when I talked to him after day, or yesterday after the draft, he said that he's really just looking to improve his footwork defensively for whatever the situation might be. I think he's a better fit at second base just because his range is a little bit more limited due to his frame. However, at the end of the day, he's still a very fundamentally sound guy defensively. He only recorded two errors last season. So I just think he's going to be able or willing to play whatever position the Pirates need of him. Right, no, exactly. What was the reaction he had that it was going to be the Pirates? Because he is a guy uh, I'd spent, uh, I usually spend some time on Cape Cod during the course of the summer, you know, a week, 10 days, whatever like that. So I start getting a read on certain guys. He's a guy I heard a lot about last summer. All right, and I was like, well, if he could fall to the Pirates, I thought it gave the Pirates a good shot. What was his thought on the Pirates ended up being the team that picked him? Because there were some interesting picks in front of him to allow it to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. There were a couple of guys who maybe went a little bit higher than expected in the mock drafts. Um, every time I talked to Nick leading up to the draft, he said the usual answers to expect that he's just looking to play. MLB baseball doesn't really care who right. he gets drafted by. But he did mention yesterday after he got drafted that um, in the days leading up to the draft he saw a, a photoshop that a fan did of him in a Pirates jersey and he actually thought it was so great that he sent it to, to his girlfriend's dad and a couple other family members as well just because he really liked how it looked he thought that the Pittsburgh was a good area he's a really big fan of Andrew McCutcheon growing up as well yep. Um, yep. so he's excited he's looking to get to Pittsburgh and, and start to begin his pro career Sometimes when you're a walk-on and you achieve what he's achieved, work ethic means everything. What kind of worker is this? Yeah, I think the Pirates are getting a guy who's never satisfied. He's someone who has been doubted his whole career. But instead of looking at it as being slighted, I think he sees it as as humbling. Um, He's just a pure hitter. He's an above-average fielder. uh, And he has a work ethic unlike anyone that I've covered in New Mexico State Athletics so far. So I think the sky's the limit when it comes to his potential. Talking with Justin Martinez from the Las Cruces Sun News. Uh, what kind of competition is there in the WAC? What does elevation also mean to stats in the WAC? Right. Like I said, I think that was definitely the big critique on his game uh, that maybe prevented him from going a little bit higher in the draft was just that 
the competition, quite frankly, isn't as good as you would see in, in Power 5 conferences. Um, it's not bad by any means. However, it definitely was, was really big to go to places like the Cape Cod League in order to really prove himself a little bit more against better competition. Uh, I'm going to assume New Mexico State did get off to a start this season. How long did they play? Like three weeks maybe? Three and a half weeks? Right. Yeah, about that much. They didn't get into, into conference play yet. But even then, they had gone up against some some good competition. They went out and played Arizona State. They played A&M. So you see matchups against guys like Torkelson and, uh, and Lacey as well. But, yeah, they were off to good starts. It's unfortunate that we didn't get to see um, how it ended up and also what Nick's stats ended up as because he was leading the nation in both home runs, yeah. runs, RBIs, total bases, all that kind of stuff. Exactly. Uh, did you actually get a chance to see Torkelson play? I didn't. I wish I could have gone out to yeah. to ASU to see that one. I've seen the film on him and all that kind of stuff, but I haven't gotten to see him in person. All right, I have to ask you now. Here comes. This is going to be a non-baseball question. For the people who don't realize, New Mexico State plays Week Zero. They play August 29th at the Rose Bowl against UCLA. Which, if that game is played and on time, it's going to give everybody a lot of hope moving forward. What is the excitement level in Las Cruces? Uh, for the fact that they will be opening this season and to get back out there and to play some ball. Right. I mean, definitely the excitement level is there. I think especially with the year that the team was having this past season, um, the excitement grew even more. Just something that, that we hadn't seen the past couple of seasons. Definitely people are looking forward to just having sports in general back, especially baseball. What's it been like in New Mexico? I can go chapter and verse about what it's been like here in Pennsylvania. What's it been like in New Mexico in terms of uh, numbers, uh, how tight or how loose has the state been? What's that been like? Right, so we're just now starting to have some restrictions lifted. Um, places like restaurants, you can go and eat outside. Okay. If it's on the patio, buildings are, are limited capacity, stuff like that. Personally, I'm still quarantining. I have not left, so I'm still staying at home. But as of right now, some restrictions are starting to ease up. How anxious are you to get out there? I'm anxious to go out there and get a haircut, especially. (laughs) (laughs) That's the big thing for me. As soon as that happens, I'm going out and getting that. But, yeah, definitely looking forward to it. And looking forward to covering sports, live sporting events, you know. Well, I understand that completely. How inventive have you had to be during this time as a reporter? Pretty inventive. Um, like I said, we're covering sports with no sports going on at the moment. Um, so we've actually been starting a – we started a new YouTube channel for the Sun News Sports. Okay. Um, where I've been interviewing players from most of the basketball teams since that's my primary beat. Um, but I'm looking forward to expanding that to, to both baseball as well. So it's a weekly thing where I interview players. Um, we're also going back and watching all of the games from last season during live stream just to interact with fans more. It's a lot of stuff like that right now. Right. I have to ask you about the season two years ago. New Mexico State had gone from 1960 to 2017 without making a bowl game. They end up going to the Arizona Bowl, and I think they, I think they beat Utah State. I think they won the game, right? What did that, yeah. what did that mean for Las Cruces? What did that mean for the town, the area, the school? Yeah, I mean, that was before I got uh, to New Mexico State. I'm a year in right now. Yeah. Um, definitely from what from what I've heard, it was just really big. The excitement around the program as well. Obviously, they fell upon some tougher times this past year. Um, but at the end of the day, this is a place that loves its football and is supporting the Aggies either way. Right. Uh, 
how tough is it? Because New Mexico is up in Albuquerque is still the big deal. Uh, how tough is that for New Mexico State to be quote in that shadow of a of a program like that in the same state? I mean, the rivalry is definitely there. There's definitely some uh, animosity between the two programs. At the end of the day, I think it's more so things like like the budget for the university yeah. is more tied. I think that's more on on people's minds. Uh, being an independent in football specifically, stuff like that. But um, for sure, all of that gets put to, put aside, and they just want to see them beat the Lobos whenever they do face off. Right. That's the real grand rivalry, I believe. It's what it's called. So. Yes. Very, very nice. All right. So now back. Let's get back to Nick Gonzalez. Uh, when you uh, in watching him and being around him, what do you think? Couple years, couple years for him. Maybe three years before he gets before he gets up to the major league level. Right. Yeah. So I actually got to talk to. Or I was a part of a Zoom interview with Ben Charrington, yeah, uh, the GM for the team yesterday, and he said that as of right now, they don't have a timeline. Uh, just they feel they can be a really good big leaguer. I think if the team does move on somebody like maybe Kevin Newman or Cole Tucker, right. uh, then that process will be accelerated in order to get him onto the field right away. But for now, I think management is just looking to get him to Pittsburgh, get to know him a little bit better, um, and we'll see where it goes from there. I think that he definitely is capable of having the sort of accelerated process. Like I said, if uh, the depth does tend to shorten up, but as of right now, we're just waiting to to see. Yeah, Newman was, by the way, also their first round pick a couple of years ago. So, it's, although Cherryton didn't make the pick, but uh, he's he's already up with the team. Absolute pleasure, Justin. Really appreciate it. Glad we could go in a couple different directions here. I enjoyed it very much. And stay safe in Las Cruces. Hopefully, you can get out to a restaurant there in a short period of time. Definitely, you stay safe as well. Appreciate you for having me, Justin Martinez. Las Cruces Sun News. I believe our first ever guest from New Mexico. We'll take a break. Back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. This is the music that plays, accompanied by the dance, when the suit makes a sale. It really is unbelievable. Yeah. What? <laughs> You picture it. I don't want to. <laughs> but it is good that he made sales. I mean, so I mean, got to go with the plus, right? Yeah, and it has kind of a digital media feel to it. That that music. So. Yes, no, it is. It definitely has a digital media feel to it. No doubt about that. And digital media is where we're all headed in the end, isn't it? <laughs> no. Funny because uh, I didn't mention this earlier, but this is the today is believe it or not the 40th anniversary of my foray into professional radio. Oh well, congratulations! Started on this day 40 years ago. So if for for those of you who have been around a long time, I realize we're our ninth year of doing this show. But for those out there who have felt. For some reason, I feel an uneasiness or a tremendous pain I've had for the last four decades. You now know where it came from. <laughs> All right. So, Well, I mentioned earlier my first foray into radio. What was yours? Oh, uh, working here in State College. Uh, I'd come out of college, fresh out of college. My college roommate already had a job at the station here in town. 
he's the one that recommended me. Dave Bullard, by the way, uh, his name. Dave ended up uh, going and working in TV in his hometown area of Syracuse, and that's where I got to know Mike Tarico because Dave worked with Mike at that station in Syracuse. But Dave was the one that recommended me. I'll be honest with you, Chad. During the summertime, I did the midday news and sports every half hour in the 10 to 2 time block. And that summer of 1980, I really struggled. Just, you know, some days you'd be okay, you'd do a decent job, and other days you'd just make so many mistakes. you sit there and go, what am I doing here? And that's the way it was. What really bailed me out in the eyes of the station was at the end of August, State College High School football opened the season at Belfont. Now it's now called Rogers Stadium. And they needed me to do the play-by-play of the game. Now you know how I feel about play-by-play. That's always been what I enjoy professionally more than anything else and it was like that back then too that was that was my wheelhouse I'm not saying I did a good job that night especially by today's standards but when I was done doing the game that night I was set at that station at that point because I went out and did something that other people in the station couldn't do I didn't say it was any good, but it gave them greater confidence in me because my performance on air, doing news and sports for three months was eh at best. You know, some days you have a good day. There were too many days, in my opinion, that weren't that great. I was kind of wondering, like, how long am I going to last here? They just, you know, couldn't find a gear. And then I did that game. And when I did that game, uh, suddenly I had a gear. I said, if you were, if I, I've never, I haven't listened to the tape. Um, I don't even know if there is one. But you probably sit back and go, okay, that game you got, really? (laughs) (laughs) Really? (laughs) But back then it was enough. Back then it was enough. So. That's um yeah, it's forty years later, here I am. Uh, I've been very, very fortunate. Very fortunate. You know, there's only one person that's, you know, been a little, you know, like a winding road, but we'll get into the suit next half hour. Uh so <laughs> I think the world of it. Kevin think the world of you, you know that. But, uh, yeah, and obviously you feel like in 40 years you've seen, you can't say you've seen it all, because if... Then a pandemic comes by. (laughs) Yeah, then a pandemic happens, and now you realize you haven't seen it all. But I admire how everybody has reacted during this. People who have been social distancing, being careful. Uh, I admire how the stations handled it. Working for this station has been 
tremendous. I, I felt since day one when I started doing this that I was among pros pros. That really helps your attitude about what you're doing. Um, and the audience has been phenomenal. Phenomenal. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't know if anybody gets treated better than I do. I've been extremely fortunate. You know, the way you get treated by coworkers, the way you get treated by co-hosts, the way you get treated by especially listeners. You know, and I want to get into that a little bit later because I feel like, you know, because the only reason you do this is because people are listening to you. And they've been incredibly generous to me with what they've said over the years. I appreciate it very much. But we're going to get into it with baseball in a little bit here again, where I feel like the last consideration baseball has right now is us, you. Where are they showing any consideration to us? Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Go to Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online to sunburymotors.com, where you can check out the great line of Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, and pre-owned inventory, all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, 4th 